Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of A Stab in the Dark, the alibi podcast that investigates the worlds of crime fiction and TV crime drama that is forced to work with a partner it didn't choose, then sits in a dirty Vauxhall insignia and argues with them about whose turn it is to buy the coffee and donuts on a stakeout. In this episode, we'll be taking a closer look at Alibi's brand new series, We Hunt Together, a dark, surprising and sexy cat and mouse tale of manipulation and, yes, you've guessed it, murder. With us in our virtual interrogation room is none other than the star of Torchwood, Keeping Faith and now We Hunt Together, the brilliant Eve Miles. My name's Mark Billingham, and welcome to A Stab in the Dark. Hello, Eve. Welcome to A Stab in the Dark. Thank you very much. How are you? Where are you, I should ask? I'm in Cardiff. Right. Yes, I'm in Cardiff. I'm at home in Cardiff. Locked Locked down. down. Um, Yes. uh, But soon to be on our screens in in We Hunt Together. Now, this this is your latest project after a a, a long line of of hits and it's a really interesting one how would you describe it to listeners um i think that it's um it i think it's been described and and, and quite rightfully so actually that it is a new take on a a cat and mouse kind of um scenario but it's it's a series really about um nature and nurture and what makes us do the things that we do and what if something happens to us and traumatizes us does that then define us um, and that's the things that we, we kind of delve into into the series. And of course, um, you've got your two detectives and then you've got your two killers. And, um, and it's strange how to, the two couples are very much alike, but just in very different kind of places and have had different paths in life that have all led to the same path. So um, it's a thriller. Um, it's also quite a lot of dark comedy in there, mm. um, and I think with such a dark story and a, and, a, and a dark theme, there has to be, you know, light, light and shade in there. You know, you've got to have a bit of um, a bit of a smile through there, and uh, and you've got to like your characters, and uh, hopefully people will. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're absolutely right about that light and shade. I mean, I think yeah. anytime you watch anything that's irredeemably bleak without a flash of humour, even if it's a very yes. dark subject, you just know, you know. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've said it many times. I think I have the best laughs when I go to a funeral. As an, I, I sound like an awful person, don't I, when I say that? But no, I know exactly what you mean. You're in, the, you're in a very dark place, you know, and people are in a very dark place, and yet you, you find that you have to find light in it to kind of survive it and that's well, I mean, what he's if you want to hear gags flying thick and fast you go to a crime you go to a crime scene with with coppers uh, <laughs> yes, i mean you know they yes. have the most incredibly black senses of humor because they have to i mean it's just it's a coping mechanism isn't it 
Uh, and, and we're talking about coppers. You play a copper. You play uh, uh, Lola Franks, at, who initially, it would be fair to say, comes across as very no-nonsense, a bit prickly to begin with. Is that fair? Yes, I do think that's fair, yes. She's, um, she's, she's unique and she's, um, she's tough. And um, how much of it is bravado and how much of it's really her is uh, something that the viewers and or your listeners will, will find out if, when you watch it. But um, she's certainly kind of um, old school policing. Um, you know, white is white, black is black, kind of by the rules. And certainly doesn't have any time for um, the sort of policing that the new partner, Jackson, Jackson Mendy comes in with. She's got no time for that. So, yeah, she's prickly. She's um, uh, quite cold, I'd say. Um, and um, a little bit frightening, I think. I thought she was quite frightening when I was playing her. I kept getting the notes, you know, you need to be tougher. <laughs> so, um, so I went for it. And, um, yeah, she's... she's what you see is very much what you get with her. Yeah, and you mentioned that she gets this new partner, Jackson, uh, who is incredibly open. He's incredibly open about everything. His, his life outside the job and all this kind of stuff, and Lola is anything but. Um, now, I've seen the first two episodes of the show, and it, it becomes apparent, as you say, that Lola's kind of guardedness stems from her own troubles in her personal life. What can you tell us yes. about, about how that character develops over the series? I mean, obviously, without spoilers, I guess. Yeah, well, um, you're introduced to Lola um, at a crime scene, and um, and that's the crime that we follow all the way through the the six episodes. So we find her in a place actually where she's at her best because she is brilliant at her job, and you also find her in a place where she's brought straight into a crime scene with a new partner who's come from anti-corruption, who is very kind of wet behind the collar with anything that's home with a homicide. He knows nothing about it. So she has to teach her boss what to do. And she can't stand doing that. There's not enough hours in the day for that. So she's, she's obviously um, somebody who's quick, no nonsense, uh, very lacks empathy um, and shuts everything out. She doesn't, want to be noticed, the way she dresses, the way she speaks to people, the way she conducts herself in as a police officer and as a human being is very much stay the hell away from me. I don't want anybody to look at me. I don't want anybody to do, notice me. In fact, I'd like to be a ghost. I want to be invisible. Now, there's a reason for people behaving like that. Um, and we find out pretty soon, actually, what is going on with her. And then when you realize what is going on with her, dare I say you start to empathize with her or have more patience with her. Yeah, well, there was that, um, mo there's that moment about 40 minutes into episode two yes. <laughs> where you go, what? Um, yes. And that's when yeah. you start to, you do start to find out what's going on. With yeah, her. and I think, it's, I think it's episode four that there's a discussion about what's gone on in the past and what, what's made Lola Franks, Lola Franks today. And it's, um, it's hard stuff, it's hard stuff. Well, you've played, you've, uh, you've played a lot of complicated characters. Um, yes. Faith Howells in Keeping Faith, Gwen Cooper in Torchwood, Claire Ripley in Broadchurch are all characters that have kind of grey areas, flaws, plenty of hidden depths in, in their personalities. You obviously enjoy getting your teeth into characters like that. I'm guessing, uh, as an actor, those are the characters that, that will appeal to, to you straight away. Yeah, I think anything that 
the challenges you as an actor, anything that you get and you go, I'm not sure whether I can do that or I'm not sure whether I can find that or I'm not sure I can understand that. Those are the parts I always try to take because it makes me work and um, it, it gives me the intention to find out why they're the way they are. Now, the, at, the, at the, the heart of the show, you've already talked about the relationship with, with uh, Jackson, uh, played by Babu Cissé. And it's, you know, in, in many ways to start with, they're the classic kind of mismatched uh, investigating couple. Yeah. Um, they're complete opposites, as we've said, in terms of personality. They have completely opposite views about criminality, where it comes from. Mm. Uh, they bicker, they make up, and you, and you imagine they're starting to foster, as I say, only two episodes in, um, a close bond, you know, as the investigation unfolds. Obviously, there's a murder. There's several murders um, mm-hmm. to solve, but that relationship uh, is right at the heart of the show, and it's there. It's there in the title, even if that title does have a double meaning. And you, mm-hmm. you've already talked about the two couples. There's a, there's a real symmetry to it, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad that um, that you that you that you think that. Um... You know, the story, uh, Gabby Hell is such a brilliant writer and the story, the narrative through it is, is very, very clear. Um, but actually, like all kind of great dramas, whether they're thrillers, whether whatever genre they are, I feel anyway, as a massive film buff and a massive television buff that I love, what I love is telly and, and, and film, is that I tend to watch things that have really strong character connection in. I follow the character uh, I, I write, I tend to write character, <laughs> and the f- kind of story follows that. Oh, plot comes from character. Of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think it's really important, in a specific, especially in a show like this, where, you know, we're dealing with, you know, killers and death and, and kind of horrific, gory kind of death, that we have characters that we can identify with, connect with, and like. And I think... And I think to have that, I think the characters within it, especially when they're working so close together, like Lola and Jackson do, they've got to be able to connect, they've got to be able to like each other, and they've got to also have disputes. And um, and that makes it real. It makes it real and it makes it kind of fun. Yeah, oh, there's got to be fun. I mean, I, I grew up, I grew up watching you know, Cagney and Lacey and Starsky and Hutch and the Sweeney and all these fantastic... Totally, uh, totally. exactly what I was just going to say. You know, Cagney and Lacey is that like you follow it every week because, you know, you want to talk... You want to see what's happening to half. Yeah, of course. Well, blah, 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 murder investigation. But, you know... Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You know, so it's um, it's great character stuff in there, brilliant stuff. Yeah. Now, you mentioned it, you've already mentioned the, the nature of the nurture thing, and that, that really is at the heart of it. Um, and they discuss mm. this frequently, the whole debate surrounding nature and nurture when it comes to violence, psychopathy. So, very hard question to throw at you, Eve. Where do you stand? <laughs> Where do you stand on this debate? Um, I think there's a case for, for both. Um, I'd like to think that... Uh, I think it's impossible to to not be affected by your surroundings, but I, but then I also believe and have hope and I have faith in people can change for the better. Um, so I think that's that's where I I stand. I think that uh, you know the better start you have in life whenever you decide to start your life um, can help can define who you are. But I also think that um, we are also in charge of our own destiny. Well, Freddie, one of the one of the uh, the people that uh, that Lola is after, says says quite tellingly early on, "I start my life every day." 
Um, yes. You know, that's the only way to do it. Whereas the other half of this kind of folie de baba, it comes from a very incredibly traumatic background. So you, you kind of believe that, that a character like, like that is able to potentially rediscover their own humanity down the line? Well, I, th- I think so. I think, um, you know, I think that uh, there's good in everybody. Well, I, I've always had my, my pet hate is, uh, and I get, get asked this at events sometimes because of what I write about, is do you believe in evil? Uh, and monsters, and that. and it's a real pet hate of mine, the whole thing about... I don't believe there's such a thing as a monster. It's, we call them a monster because we can put them in a box then and go, that's what a monster yeah. is. But actually, well, it's that, easy. It's easy, yeah, it's easy for us, yeah. and, it, and it gets us off the hook because those yeah. monsters are actually our mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and, and the friendly mm. doctor and the local builder, and we need... Mm, yeah. If you call them a monster, you're never going to understand how these things happened and therefore stop them happening again. No, absolutely. Have you seen the series called uh, Mindhunters? Oh, yes. Or oh, Mindhunter? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, th- that deals with that so fantastically, that kind of somebody who's done something so horrific. And again, we, we deal with that in We Hunt Together. Somebody has done something so kind of appalling and um, evil. Yeah, evil inverted right? commas, right? Inverted commas, you know, uh, that we don't understand. And then when you research back into where they're from and what's happened to them and how they've processed themselves and and then the knock-on effect of what they've done, how they psychologically deal with things like that, whether they feel like that's normal, whether that's something that they've seen every day of their life, whether that's something they've run away from all their lives, but something that has certainly been in their lives to be able to do that. It's fascinating, I think. I mean, people people always make the assumption that it's somehow namby-pamby and, yeah. to, and, and you're making excuses for people. And it's not an excuse, it's, a, it's an explanation, and I think they're two very different things. Um, yeah. and, it, and it's especially true, I think, when you look at something like a folie de, that you're doing in the show, yeah. where you have this couple yeah. from very different backgrounds doing things for very different reasons. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that's always completely fascinated me. I did a, I did a TV documentary about Myra uh, Hindley and Ian Brady, and it struck me that Brady did what he did because he was insane, clinically insane. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a, an excuse, it's an explanation, whereas she was doing something for an entirely different reason. Mm. There, there, are, mm. there are always explanations, I think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it is a minefield. And, um, so, you know, with this kind of drama, with Mindhunt and all those kind of really cool kind of really kind of thriller dramas that really get into the psycho- the psychology of the thriller, the psychology of the killer. Um, that's where, you know, the, the kind of, not the fun is to, to try and find, to try and understand, to be a part of it, but to actually give it weight, you know, real weight and to try to really, really understand it. And that's where the great drama comes from. And we touch upon that in this, I think. Oh, absolutely. I think the, the hook is always why rather than who, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a why done it is so much more interesting than a who done it. And especially with this, with We Hunt Together, it's, the, you know, from the word go, we we understand who um, uh, Freddie and Baba are, and they they come together so quickly, and it's always fascinated me. It's something that I've always you know I've said, and I said actually in the audition of this, it's what's fa- what's fascinating is when somebody does something as as heinous and as and as bad and as horrific as that as to take somebody's life, but you do it as a partnership. At what point? Does one one person say to the other person, "This is this is what I'm going to do," and do you are you joining me on that? That that fusion, how does that fusion happen? 
happen. And of course, you see that. Gabby's written that so beautifully, how that fusion happens in this drama. It's, um, it's really interesting. It's, it's thoughtful, it's thought-provoking drama. It is. I, we, well, we could certainly talk about that whole, that whole folie à deux thing for, for ages. It's a subject I'm yeah. fascinated with. Um, but it's time to take a quick break to get out the Kia Aura and the Mivis as we take that quick break. And we will be talking a lot more to the brilliant <laughs> Eve Miles about her team. Did you say Mivis? I did, did say Mivis. I love a Mivis. Who doesn't love a Mivis? This is the chance for anybody listening to get that, Mivy. Um, and we'll be back shortly to talk about, uh, a lot more to Eve, um, notably about the rise of Welsh crime drama in just a few minutes. But first, it's time to see what our man with the spyglass, Paul Hirons, has been up to. Paul, what's occurring? Yes, thank you, Mark. Now, you've been talking to one half of the detective pairing from We Hunt Together in your virtual incident room. And by the way, mine's a chuck ice if you're getting the ice creams in. And I'm very pleased to say that the other half, acclaimed actor Babu Sise, is joining me now. Babu, welcome to A Stab in the Dark. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, um, we've been talking to Eve about We Hunt Together and asking her to kind of talk about Lola. It's your chance to talk about your character, Jackson Mendy. He seems so cheerful all the time, certainly in the <laughs> first instances that we meet him. But th- th- there's, there's, there's a hint there that, everything isn't quite so rosy at home. Yes. Um, it, I guess over the course of the series, it reveals that Jackson has a very unique way of uh, dealing with situations. Whereas um, some of the things that are happening to him in his personal life, and also the fact that this is the first time he's ever worked uh, a murder investigation, you know, he's seeing blood and dead bodies and, you know, he, dealing with a lot more pressure in that respect, we see that he deals with things in a very different way. Hmm. Some, some, somewhere inside Jackson, he's made a deal with himself that um, he's not going to let the world get him down. Hmm. He hmm. trusts, I think the fundamental belief is that people will end up doing whatever it is that they do. That hmm. includes murderers and that includes whatever personal issues he has in his uh, private life. Mm. And even if it causes him a certain degree of pain or consternation, he has to accept that he can't control them. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's interesting because he, as you say, it's the first time that he's seen kind of murder scenes and forensics teams and, you know, thrust into this quite intense uh, scenario. Um, yeah. And, of course, he's suddenly up against... a pair of killers that are just just seem kind of unlike anything he's he's kind of experienced before yes i mean it's really triggering sort of that revulsion in him but also he's intrigued yeah um throughout the investigation what i found was that jackson is looking for even some of the most obscure details mm. you know and asking many questions but why would they do it this way but mm. why wouldn't they do it that way yeah and trying to get into the psychology of um these killers absolutely and i think that's kind of i'll talk to you a little bit about that later but um uh how would you describe his relationship with lola because it starts off a little bit prickly um, <laughs> it's the classic mismatched detective pairing um, what can you say about those guys and, and, and how they operate together and how they how their kind of relationship develops over the series? Well, I mean, it's interesting. I think in our 
personal lives, we like to seek out people who are like-minded because that way we we won't have anybody challenge our peace, our peace of mind. Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately, however, in a work scenario, you might get put in with someone who you have absolutely nothing in common with. Mm. And I think that's because of Jackson's personality, he's willing to be very open to uh, Eve's character, Lola. Mm-hmm. But her character <laughs> has a serious problem with this um, cheerful human being in the midst of, you know, what is a murder investigation, yeah, not yeah. understanding why he's reacting the way he is. This yeah. is horrible. And, you know, we need to take it extremely seriously and we need to be down about it and serious about it all at the same time. Um, so it creates for a lot of it creates a lot of friction between the two of them, which I think is interesting. I mean, you know, what, what makes good drama is relationships with people who are opposites. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're forced to really evaluate over the course of the series who they are opposite this person because they have to work so closely together. And there's times when they work absolutely smoothly and then there's moments where they discover that fundamentally they are very different people. Mm. I think that challenge is what makes actually a lot of We Hunt Together very interesting. And they really are a classic mismatched detective investigative team. Uh, I'm just wondering who are your favourite TV detective pairings over the years? Uh, Did you kind of reference anyone in in this project at all? (laughs) I'm going to be cheeky and say... um, uh, D.S. Gale and Lewis from Lewis. But the reason <laughs> I'm saying that is because I played D.S. Gale. I was going to say, you were D.S. Yes. Gale. That's not fair, Babu. <laughs> when I replaced Lawrence Fox for a couple of episodes. Um, but uh, no, that is unfair. The reason I'm just dodging the question, to be honest, <laughs> I, there's no real um, pairings. Right. I'm, I'm a massive fan of Columbo. Ah. And actually, for me, Columbo seems like a mixture between uh, Lola's very messy exterior and the fact that she sort of, um, you know, has a complicated life, doesn't look after her very well. Her life's basically falling apart like Columbo's car. Yeah. And um, um, my character's kind of inquisitiveness, openness, annoyingness, <laughs> constantly turning <laughs> up where he isn't wanted and, you know, poking his nose and wanting to know things. So, yeah. yeah. Columbo is like my all-time favourite. I think I've watched every episode twice or three times at the moment. Do you know what? I can see Columbo in Jackson, now you yep. mentioned it. I really can. <laughs> and really, don't talk to our host, Mark Billingham, about Columbo. You'll be here for hours and hours. Oh, that's, that's his favourite show. <laughs> OK, just finally, uh, Babu, you mentioned the psychology of this, and, and Jackson has some very interesting views about the whole nature versus nurture debate. Um, what, what are your own views? I mean, it's a fascinating debate, isn't it, about... Where does criminality and psychopathy come from? What, yeah. what, are, you, what are your um, views on that debate? I watched once an interesting documentary. Unhelpfully, I can't remember the name. But in it, the, the, the person sort of conducting the study had been looking at scans of brains, you know, to talk right. about the nature argument mm. of um, psychopaths. Yeah. And... You know, he'd, his, he'd been looking on death row. Then he did a scan of his own brain. And, uh, and he found that he had exactly the same shape of brain mm. as all the other people in his study. Wow. That he had all the traits of a psychopath. And in fact, his family, his children and his wife and uh, siblings say, yes, we've always known there's something up with him. But he's never 
killed anybody. He's never done any of those things that we consider psychopaths do. Mm. And in the end, there's a clip about his parents who say, you know, he had an extremely happy childhood. Mm. He was spoiled. He managed to run around and have a very good time. So there's a nurture element. Mm. You know, as a scientist, as in I'd, I'd studied microbiology many, many years ago, I, I, I really understood and respected nature mm. for how it expresses. But the environment can be everything. I mean, you know, an elephant in captivity dies in 17 years and they can live in 100 years in the wild. That's mm. just one element of the environment, nutrition. Mm. Mm. So imagine all the other things, you know, that can impact. I think I respect nature and I know that nature can play a big part, but ultimately, you know, the environment will have a say. It's the environment that's the conductor of the yeah. orchestra. Yeah. You see what I mean? And yes. it's the environment that decides will this level. It's not like set dials. It's the environment that's going to turn up one dial, pull another down. Mm. Um, you know, we, we are cause and effect creatures. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a fascinating uh, debate, Babu, and I think it'll rage on uh throughout the the years and and in, in, in the future thank you for joining us babu and uh, thank you if uh, if we ever meet i'll buy you uh, for your birthday a nice long trench coat like Columbo. how about that <laughs> that would be amazing i'd love that <laughs> all right and with that it's back to you and eve in the studio mark Thank you, Paul. And we are back with the fabulous Eve Miles, star of the new Alibi crime series, We Hunt Together. Um, one of the other things that struck me when I was watching the, the two episodes I've been able to see so far is that Freddy, who's one of the mice at uh, the other end of this cat and mouse chase, he's very much, in a way, a kind of a modern take on, on the old-fashioned idea of the femme fatale. She's very, very skilled um, at manipulating the men around her. Is that because it's something she's had to learn to do to survive? Yeah, Absolutely. I think that she's um, she's somebody who's never been wanted. And I think uh, what you see with that character all the way through is that she's screaming to be wanted. Um, again, nature and nurture. Uh, and she does have those classic qualities of, you know, you play the cards that you've been dealt. You know, she plays her beauty. She plays her wit. She plays her intelligence really, really well. Um, and she, she almost kind of becomes a chameleon um, in every scene. She adapts to every person around her, uh, to every situation. Um, I mean, she is sharp, razor sharp. Um, and yeah, she's very, very manipulative. Yeah. You start to get hints that maybe she's overplayed her intelligence. I, there's, there's that wonderful moment, you know, after they first interview her, and it's like, God, she's so, uh, you know, Jackson says, why is she so obsessed with how smart she is? There's a, there's, there's a, there's a I think with, well, in particular with that character, there is a certain um, strong element of ex, an extrovert. And, um, you know, sometimes when somebody, I think, in particular, in particularly with Freddie, she does start to enjoy herself too much and that's when things will unravel for her and that's when things get better for us. And, and as you say, um, she's, she's a product of her environment every bit as much as, as Baba is. And we get little hints of that, only small yeah. hints so far when you see her being dropped off at school. That's right. And, you, you know, you wonder where the hell that's going. Well, yes, and, the, you know, and the, the father says to her, just don't be you. Yeah, don't be you. <laughs> just don't be you. And for a young girl being told that, well, then 
who who am I meant to be? I'll be anyone you want me to be for you to like. And then that she's carried that through. Yeah. Well, uh, you can watch We Hunt Together on Alibi every Wednesday and Thursday at 10pm from this week, which is Wednesday, May the 27th, and Thursday, May the 28th. Um, Eve, I want to talk to you a, a, a bit more about, about Welsh crime drama generally, because it's become such a major force um, over yeah, the past, yeah. I don't know, five years or, or so, thanks to the likes of Hinterland and your own show, Keeping Faith. I'm currently loving 35 Days. I won't even try and pronounce it in Welsh. Um, I have enough problems. I'm married to a Welsh speaker, so I have, I'm have. i constantly being given lessons and, and failing them dismally. So I'll call it 35 well, Days. Uh, welcome, welcome to my world. <laughs> yeah, I was going to... Well, I will talk, well, I'll talk to you about it now. So I know that you learnt Welsh. You learnt Welsh for, for Keeping Faith, right? How was that? Yeah, horrendous. Um, <laughs> easier for you being Welsh, I would imagine. Well, you, you, it is such a difficult language. It's such a beautiful language. And um, my father's Scottish, my mum's Welsh, but she never spoke Welsh. There was never any Welsh in the house. There was never, I never had a group of friends that were Welsh speakers. So um, no, and I'm married, obviously a Welsh speaker. And it was something that I would... I would have loved to have done but you know it's there's all sorts of excuses isn't there I just didn't have the opportunity at the time and when keeping faith came along as I was I was saying earlier on I like a challenge and I like to kind of think I can't do this that's what turns me on in a job when you conquer it and you you do do it and it certainly was a challenge and it remains to this day a, a huge huge challenge you know going back to the third series and going back into the Welsh again was just unbelievably difficult but unbelievably rewarding and i wouldn't change it for the world but how long did it take you from like day one to the point where you're standing in front of the camera talking welsh well i turned it down three times because they didn't they wouldn't believe that i couldn't speak welsh so then the producer came and sat at my table and i sat with it and i'm not saying this to, to tell a funny joke or, or a funny story i i was having hives coming up on my neck that literally you would have to get I don't know, pickaxes to try and climb, right? I was really a nervous wreck. And the producer sat opposite me and uh, I took the script like this and she took the script from me and she turned it around the right way. I could see the colour draining from her like this. I could see her mentally making a phone call to her husband going, put the conservatory on hold. This isn't going to happen. So she said, right, read, you know, the, the lines. And I said, I think you don't understand. I, I, I'm trying my hardest not to be rude, but I cannot read this. Never mind learning. I'm not the right person for this. So she said, we'll start with the alphabet. And I went, oh, my shit, the bed, there's an alphabet. So um, so I started with R, B, K. And that was, I think it was three months before we, we were on, on set. It was intense. It was really, really intense. The entire process has been intense. You know, the three years going on four years has been really, really tough. But, um, but, now, but, so, so but I'm pleased that it is. The thing that always struck me about it, a conversation we have quite a lot in our house because I say my wife's a Welsh speaker, is because Welsh is an ancient language, um, yeah. there aren't really ex accepted Welsh words for a lot of very modern uh, no. things. So how, no, no, how no, does no. Welsh cope with, with modern police procedure and legalese mm. and all that kind of stuff? It's, it's, mm. it's weird, isn't it? It is weird. It is weird. But the language is huge. And I mean, there's several ways of saying no. There's several ways of saying yes. There's depends on who you're speaking to, what their status is, if they're older than you, if they're younger than you. It's 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 
it's a minefield, but um, I'm glad I stepped in there and I won't step back out. So what are the logistics of actually of actually filming that? Do you just literally film like a whole <laughs> series in Welsh and then the whole... Obviously not. You, you, you shoot a scene in English and then a scene in Welsh or the other way around. Yeah. I mean, when I'm asked this, this kind of nervous laugh always comes out. It's a, it's a, and it is. It's a nervous laugh. <laughs> because when we do it, it's just... It's like sieving languages through your brain and you've got to do it super quick. There's no time. We've barely got time to do it in one language. Right. So to do it in two is, is nigh on impossible and yet we're doing it. Um, so it's, yeah, we'll shoot it. So we'll shoot the wide um, and we'll shoot it right. Go first in English, then go in Welsh, vice versa. Depends on how the director's feeling at the time. And so you do everything twice, basically. Uh, every shot is done twice. And of course, you know, with the Welsh version, you have adverts and in the English version, you don't. So you get a tremendous amount missing in the Welsh version um, and you get a full version with the English. So it's an editor's nightmare. There's two different editors, there's two different execs. Um, and uh, yeah, a knackered crew and cast. So keeping faith right there at the forefront of this sort of flowering of, of of Welsh crime drama, crime drama yeah. set in Wales, in well, where 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 does it come from? I mean, has it always been there, and just people haven't noticed, yeah. or is it just because it really does seem to me to have completely replaced Scandi Noir and all that kind of stuff? Like people woke up and went, "Well, hello, look at the Welsh landscape. Look how fantastic, how atmospheric yeah. all this is, and look at the quality we've got in terms of you know writers and directors and actors." And is it as simple as that? One hit show like Hinterland Keeping Faith and then everybody goes, let's make lots more? No, I think that we've always had a history of fantastic, um, uh, in particular, thrillers down here. It's just that the, the, the light hasn't been shining on us. Um, I think that the last six, seven years, um, the, the kind of, that limelight, that spotlight kind of, it moves, doesn't it? It moves from kind of continent to continent, country to country, and then it just kind of, it found hinterland um or hinterland you know cast out a net grabbed it pulled it to the country and the light has remained here because we keep doing what we're doing which is you know um producing some really really authentic original crime drama we've got the landscapes as you've said we've certainly got the talent um but it's kind of you know wales is a kind of a mystical wonderful magical place that's very undiscovered and uh, we seem to be discovering a lot of it through these thrillers and people are getting addicted to it um, and so they should you know so they should it's it's some we're proud of the stuff that we're doing and um, long may it continue well keeping faith especially really I mean broke all sorts of records on on BBC yeah. iPlay whatever what what do you think was it was about that show in particular that people just went crazy about I think it was uh, I think a big part of it, apart from the obvious, you know, we've got a phenomenal script. We've got, you know, Matthew Hall with a phenomenal script. You've got a good, you know, a superb cast. You've got an amazing producer um, and uh, now writer um, and director named Pip Broughton. Um, so there was all the kind of, the chemical set was there. And sometimes the chemicals kind of pop and kind of move away and sometimes the chemicals come together and stick together and cause an explosion and I think that's what's happened uh, with Keeping Faith. The location was right. Nobody's ever filmed in Larne or done a thriller in Larne before in that part of Wales. When you think of it it's quite extraordinary actually you know it's it's such a unique place you know it looks CGI'd 
well, you know, Jesus, we didn't have, we got no money on this show. You know, the car I drive is my director's car because we had no more money in the pot. So, you know, when you see Lan, that's Lan, that's how it looks. So to put this, this genre and this uh, story and this kind of family in this situation in that, those circumstances in that situation and in that location, is a touch of genius, I think. It's a pocket in the world that nobody knew anything about, and yet something extraordinary happened in it. And, it's a, and it was addictive. And we wanted to know where that man had gone and if that family was going to be okay. It's a very human, intimate story. And another character that, that resonated with you straight away, or, or, or that you thought... I can't do this. You know, that's something that challenged you. Every single day, even to, until, until we finished this, we, we haven't finished series three yet because obviously we had to stop because of lockdown. Even until that day where we were told that, you know, we, we, we're going to have to stop and we don't know when we're starting back up. Even on that day, I was getting ready to go on to set, going, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I am Faith Howells. I don't know if I'm good enough to do this. The challenge was there every day, buckets of it, buckets and buckets and buckets. I'd always say to the director, Pip Rotten, I thought this scene was an omelette, easy. Two eggs, whisk up, put in a pan, take it out and eat it, but you come out with a frittata, you know. <laughs> tell, me, tell, so me you, tell me you stayed in Brown's Hotel, Eve, while you were filming it. Yeah, I did, actually. I stayed in Brown's and I also stayed in the Corran. Um, I, I stayed in a few places. Um, I love it down there very, very much. Very, very much, yeah. It's and you've answered, you've answered one other question, which is when that yellow Mac is coming out again. Obviously, it's coming out again when the, when the lockdown finishes. Yeah, yeah. And, and what about the future of We Hunt Together? I mean, it's, it's, it's set up as a... Now that partnership is established, you're going to carry on hunting together? Do you know, it's um, one of the most enjoyable, satisfying jobs um, I've done for a very long time. Um, Apart from <clears throat> myself and Babu becoming great friends, we clicked instantly and uh, we had a lot of fun together. But uh, yeah, I'd love to carry on with Lola Franks. I think there's so much more to, um, to find out about those two. Oh, well, that's great news. Listen, just, just before we let you go, Eve, we always ask our guests, just throw this at them right, right at the end, for a recommendation, just a recommendation for something to read and something to watch. Never been a better time to be reading, reading and watching than there is right now. So what have, what have you read recently that you'd recommend? doesn't have to be crime. could be anything you like. Mm, what have I read recently that's really good? I'm actually into my photography books at the moment. Um, and I would suggest... Um, there's a brilliant book that I'm reading. It's John York, uh, Into the Woods. Okay, okay. And what about something that uh, that our listeners can watch on TV? Oh, I'm uh, I'm late to it. I'm embarrassed to say so, but I'm enthralled with it, and that's The Ozark. Ah, okay, okay. Was there two seasons Jason, of that? Three seasons Jason of Jason Bateman. Bateman. Yeah, Jason Bateman is just genius. Genius. Well, there you go. Two fine recommendations there. Um, that, that is about it. A huge thanks to Eve Miles for joining us on the latest episode of A Stab in the Dark. Just a reminder that you can watch We Hunt Together every Wednesday and Thursday on Alibi at 10pm from Wednesday the 27th of May. And you can watch Alibi on Sky, Virgin Media, BT and Talk Talk. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please remember to review, rate and subscribe. It makes a huge difference to the future of the podcast and makes those of us involved do a small dance of joy. 
If you don't, once the lockdown is over, we will hunt you together. Gather outside your house and read Fifty Shades of Grey through a loudspeaker until you beg for our forgiveness. So with that, it's special thanks to our producers, Paul Hirons and Joel Porter. That is about your lot. My name's Mark Billingham and thanks for listening. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.